Hey folks, welcome to Make It, Bake It, Grow It, a business owner's guide to surviving the market. I'm Ali Coy, owner of Barefoot Daughter Botanical Body Care, and I'm on a mission to find out how small business thrives online, farmers markets, and selling in stores. Heading into my fifth year of business, I'm still trying to figure out how to make it all work. In this program, I'll be interviewing vendors at the Salt Spring Island Farmer's Market and other creative entrepreneurs on the highs and lows of small business. Happy Make It Thursday, everyone. So I have a self-publishing workshop on Thursday, July 18th at 4 to 6 p.m. on Salt Spring Island, and then again Sunday, July 20th at 3 to 5 p.m. in Victoria. So I've been putting together all the things I've learned along the way, which have been a lot. The full detailed marketing calendar for about a year, uh, a year out to launch. And we'll go through getting a deadline and putting an elevator speech together. And you'll have a workbook and it'll be a great two-hour workshop. And we'll have some tea and, and snacks and things as well. That's pay what you can for um both of those. I'm actually doing self-publishing workshops along the way. So there'll be also one in uh, Vancouver after the book launch at Massey Books. The next day on the 31st of July, there'll be from 10 to 11.30 a self-publishing workshop. So for any of those, please email alicoy at barefootdaughter.com and I can put you on the list. So Unpacked, a memoir of checked baggage, is officially released into the world. If you've been here from the beginning, and since September when I started the podcast, I've been trying to get to that point of launch. So here we are, a month after the launch. It was uh, June 11th on my 33rd birthday, and I'll talk a little bit more about the launch later. But uh, yeah, the paperback or the ebook can be ordered on Amazon, in Canada, the States, and the UK. Um, There's also a list of vendors on my website. If you're in Australia, I go through a publisher, uh, not a publisher, I'm my own publisher, but a printing house that prints in the States, the UK, and Australia. So if you're close to any of those places, you can get the paperback book. Or if you want it from a signed and dedicated one, you can go to barefootdaughter.com slash unpacked and I can send that in the mail to you. So yeah, it's been, as always, highs and lows, but it's been, uh, I've been really happy with the prints, with the copies and um, just seeing the differences between Ingram Spark copies and Amazon copies. I got the first hundred Uh, About half went to the pre-orders and the other half went on the book launch and to bookstores on consignment. And I've ordered the second hundred and they arrived uh, two days ago. Um, And I went through Amazon, which has actually turned out to be a a dollar cheaper per unit, including shipping. So $100 cheaper. And also the cover is a lot brighter Anyway, uh, yeah, so it is out in the world, and I've been getting really great feedback. People say they can't put it down, and they've laughed, and they've cried, and so that's the best you can you can get, really, in this world of many distractions. 
So the next book launch is July 20th at Spiral Cafe in Victoria, and Trisha Spire is backing me with her cello and songs in between chapters, and she played at the after party on at the book launch, and it just sounded so good, and it just really worked all together. So we're doing that at Spiral Cafe and at Artswell. She's going to perform with me there. July 30th, Massey Books, and Martin Reisel is backing me with his cello. And there's also going to be that um, self-publishing workshop the next day. So both of those have Facebook events that it would be great if you went onto Facebook and uh, said you're going to go and and actually do show up IRL in real life. But um, there's events for that. And then August 18th in Montreal, Casa del Popolo. It's a emerging writer performance Um which I don't know so much about. I'm not organizing that one, but I've been invited to uh, read there. And doors open at 8. It's $7 or pay what you can. And then August 22nd at Free Times Cafe in Toronto. August 28th or 29th, St. John, New Brunswick, a house show. September 2nd, Halifax. I still need to secure a location for Halifax. Then I fly to Europe. <laughs> so I'm going to the uh, the Lazy Monkey Hostel in Croatia for my 10-year reunion with friends who are in the book. And that's what was my deadline a year and a half ago of this 10-year reunion in September. And I thought, you know what? I got to have the book done by then. I can't go to Europe for a 10-year reunion about these people in like, you know, three or four chapters and not uh, have the book done. So that was one of the reasons. So I'm going to go to Croatia and actually have a bit of a vacation, then head to Amsterdam to do a launch at the Flying Pig Hostel September 17th, and I've booked my two nights there, which I'm super excited because about three or four chapters are based at the Flying Pig, and it was definitely wild and wonderful time there. So it's very meaningful to come back with the book published 10 years later, which is really wild. Then Utrecht, September 21st, um, location to be determined, and then London, October 1st. And that will be the the final round of my book launch self-publishing tour, although I did apply for a winter festival in November. So it's just continuous, I guess, but... You can always sign up for the newsletter, and it's still, uh, if you sign up for the newsletter, you get the first chapter of Unpacked sent to your mailbox, and uh, 10% off your first purchase. But since you're listening to this podcast, you can get 20% uh, with the discount code, all caps, Make it 19 So this episode is sponsored by Barefoot Daughter. You can always order herbal soaps and shampoo bars and botanical body care online at barefootdaughter.com. It's also sponsored by Prodime, an all-in-one CRM client relationship management software. So Prodime helps small and medium-sized businesses organize and grow by using a comprehensive integrated cloud-based suite of business software produced and maintained by Zoho Corporation. So if you're starting out or if you're anywhere you're at in your business, it's so useful to be organized and to have reports and to have things all in one place. And so this 
helps organize um, bookkeeping, inventory, emails, follow-ups, to-do lists. It's just putting it all in one. And you can find out more at prodigm, P-R-O-D-I-G-M dot C-A. As an entrepreneur, there are tons of peaks and valleys day to day and month to month. And this is the segment of the show called my high-low moment of the month. So my high moment, definitely the launch, birthday, book launch, barge, bash. (laughs) Uh, It was a beautiful day. It was super hot and sunny and I had a good morning and I got my hair done, which I never do. And I went and set up at the library and there was a great turnout and it's so easy to get caught up in the logistics of things, you know, like, oh, is the microphone working? Is the projector on? And then all of a sudden there's all these people in in front and, and waiting for me to talk. And then as soon as I just got into reading the words, it just felt great. It felt really good to be up in front of everyone and reading chapters and just feeling comfortable with the crowd. I mean, it was a lot of friendly, supportive faces, loving faces. And I had uh, footage, travel footage from my time, you know, over the five years in Europe playing in the background so people could watch that while they're listening to the words. And so it kind of took some pressure off me. Uh, People are just staring at me while talking. But And then later uh, to the barge and it was beautiful and fun and I could let loose a little bit and just all in celebration and Trisha did a really good job performing behind me while I read and that's going to continue for another two shows and it was just so great to have it all work out and feel good and yeah right I was riding high for a while and then I had a bit of a crash (laughs) of um yeah just all the things coming up of, I don't know, I I never think it's good enough, which is a really frustrating thing to work through because you can think like, "I've I've accomplished so much and yet I still feel like I've failed in all these other ways in backlog for orders and, and not putting enough attention into the soap side of the business and not ordering enough books, a hundred, you know, they went so fast and other people said, that's amazing that the books went so fast and you have to order another hundred books. But in my mind, I just had all these failures and it was, it's exhausting to live like that. So I had the peak, which I talk a little bit about in the interview of, um, that voice in my head of just saying like, you failed, which, um, (laughs) Yeah, so you can still publish a book and feel like a failure, I guess. But I'm feeling a lot better now. And the book itself has brought out a lot of cycles and things in my life and worked through a lot. And so the process of publishing also has brought up things to work through. So I'm feeling better, more positive, more on top of things. And uh, I'm getting the first initial feedback of just people loving the book and not being able able to put it down and and binge reading it which and it kind of reads like a movie and it's very vivid 
imagery and, and very detailed and very personal. But uh, yeah, it's it's getting some good responses. And that's all I can ask for really is like people to be engaged in the book and have things brought up for them and uh, supporting it. My low moment of the month. So the last episode, I was just about to leave for the uh, herbal gathering in Comox Valley. And I was all, you know, whirlwind, obviously getting things ready, getting it together. It's the weekend before the launch. I arrive and I'm doing the soap workshop and feeling really good. And there's a good crowd and they're all making their essential oils and their herbal mix. And and then right at the moment that I was mixing the lye and the oils, it ceased. It, it mixed together and it just seized like a rock hard mashed potatoes. And I looked up at everyone and I said, this has never happened before in my life, which is not necessarily what you want to hear from a someone putting on a workshop. But uh, yeah, and then I thought maybe it's still workable. I'm, I've really never seen this. But, and then we kind of mixed in a few different pots with the herbs that started like smoking up. And I was like, no, no, danger, danger, putting the containers back. And I had another example of what it should have looked like. And I gave people a little sample of soap, but I was pretty mortified. I kind of played it off, but uh, just to have that happen in front of a group of people, at a, a gathering that I was really stoked to be a presenter at. And it was just right the first, one of the first workshops of the weekend. So it was just, yeah, I'm like, what does this mean? This is a turning point in my life. Um, thing, Unexpected things can happen. Today's show is with Sarah Kyle and her business, uh, Darling Gems for You. And so she chats about her jewelry business, how it began uh, growing up on Salt Spring, how the Salt Spring market and Etsy have changed the game, and the highs and lows of being a part online business. So as always, I'll have takeaways at the end of the show. Welcome, Sarah Kyle with Darling Gems for You. Uh, So when did you start making jewelry, like getting into jewelry? I've been making it my as long as I can remember like I can't remember not making jewelry like for professionally I started in 2014 but for my like since I was a little girl like that was me in my bedroom oh like with little beads and stuff yeah yeah. (laughs) I used one of my dad's um one of those things you sort nails with and I sorted all my beads into that little drawer system and totally worked away in the evenings there oh Um, what was that picture that you gave or showed me earlier when you were vending, like, some fruit or something? Oh, yeah. My brother and I, um, would often set up with the farm produce, like apples or plums. Um, I was usually manning the plums. And uh, we'd set up at the end of the driveway and, um, just see who we could get. Like a lemonade stand. Yeah, yeah. He actually sold lemonade and I wheeled my, uh, wagon down with the plums I collected from the trees. Ah, uh, did you grow? You grew up in Salt Spring, right? Yeah, yeah. On a farm? Yeah, I was so lucky to grow up here. Um, yeah, I grew up on a farm on Bettis, and my dad actually grew up at that farm too. So that's pretty. It's pretty wow. special to 
live there. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Were they in the market or? No, no. Um, actually, um, they, they both, my parents both worked for government jobs and, um, yeah, now me and my partner have sort of taken on the farm and we're, I'm doing jewelry and we're doing farm work. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what does that entail on the farm side? Is it there's fruit trees, obviously. Yeah. There's plum trees. Yeah, it's maintaining those, and um, and we're starting a veggie garden, revamping the old garden, and just like working on soil and learning about all these things. Um, and yeah, um, one step at a time. That's what I say. That's yeah. my common motto on the farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're trying to do the Tuesday market and things like that. So. Oh, nice. Double market Saturday, Tuesday. That's. That's yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, um, so this, the Saturday one, you know, has veggies and crafts and it's like so busy. And then the Tuesday is, is just edible things. Um, do you think you would do the farm on the Saturday or just keep with your jewelry? Yeah, we'll probably just keep with the jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think as like a little kid was your fascination with jewelry? That's interesting. Good question. Um, I used to be really fascinated with like little colors, like on a picture book when there was like a little red berry or something, I'd like focus in on that and like, just like love this little gem. Um, so right. So you're, you're fascinated with like colors and bright things. Yeah. Um, I think that's like what sparks my like love for, I, I really love color. And so I think like seeing it in natural forms is like just amazing because <laughs> you use natural stones mm-hmm. yeah yeah I started out with like beads and like um some natural some not like some dyed and just learning along the way from going to like different gemologists and just learning so much learning um and research about like what what would be dyed and stuff like that and so yeah now we do all natural but we didn't always and yeah it's just a learning process One more vivid thing that I have in my mind is um, when we'd go camping as a family, just the rocks on the beaches, and, like, everybody would be out playing in the water, and I I was not an active kid. (laughs) So I would be on my tummy with my goggles and my uh, snorkel going along the shore, just, like, finding all the rocks, like, the special stones and things. Nice. So I think, I don't know, I just have always been a bit of a collector and, like, just being able to, like, yeah, I don't know, just... Have an eye for it. Find those things, yeah. Ah, that's a sweet image <laughs> going along the, <laughs> the shore, the little snor- snorkel. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, and so you've, you've had this from a childhood, and then it was more of a hobby, and then did you just want to do the market one day? I had always wanted to do the market growing up here, but I'd never even really went into it. I was totally just in my own world on the farm, and I never really went to the market until I started vending. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so I started the business because I went to, I was supposed to go to art school, and um, Emily Carr in Vancouver, I got accepted and, you know, had a whole place lined up, and um Went to the first day, actually, orientation, and decided it wasn't for me. Like, just looked around and, 
you know, I felt like some other thing inside me needed to come out, and that wasn't where it was going to happen, I guess. And so I um, retreated back to the island <laughs> and um, started making jewelry, just not really knowing what to do, like making more jewelry. I was already making jewelry, but like just like focusing in on it. I didn't really know what to do with my life. I was sort of like, you know, just like not doing university and um, and I just started, I think I started selling it to my mom's friends and then they liked it. And then I thought maybe online, like Facebook, you know, social media, um, like I grew up with a lot of social media. I grew up with Facebook. Like I got Facebook in middle school, which is crazy to some people to think about. But then like nowadays people have Facebook, you know, from a young age. But I think I, I, I had this sort of business mindset. Um, and I was like, okay, here's a platform I can sell it on. And I tried to sell it like, um, at school too, when I was a kid. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you've always been an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> and you're on, you're on Etsy. Yes. Yeah. How is that sure. going? It is great. Yeah. It's a great, um, passive sort of, well, not passive. I guess you do, you definitely have to put work into it, but like once you get things in there, it's like a great hub for people to come to for your for your work um easy access um Etsy I really worked on it last winter um just like working on all the SEO thing right. search engine optimization and just yeah. learning about tags and how to be found and yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that because sure. I'm curious yeah. about it yeah so um like search engine optimizing is basically labeling your product um, so that people will find it with the tags they search within Etsy. And um, just like looking around and like listening to people, honestly, like when you're at the market, describing your, listening to them describe your product to you, those are these little tags that you need to find kind of. Cause right. Like, oh, these are so dainty. Oh, dainty might be a good tag, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 This could be for a gift for my mother-in-law. Yes. So you could like gift for your mother-in-law. Exactly. And then you put that in the. You don't put that in the title of the. You put that in the title, or um, there's other parts. Just there's, there's tags. like there's this is like a very double-sided thing. Some people think you should put it in the title title, but. Um, Etsy had changed their algorithms this year, I think, so that it no longer really makes any difference. Um, so I, I put mine in the description and in the tags. Right. And there's like a spot for hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I noticed more on my, for my Etsy, there was just like barely any action. Like I have an online shop on my website and, um, Etsy, I just got like once in a while, like an order, but now I have these sample soaps that mm -hmm. are s smaller and actually go in letter mail. So it's free shipping. So I get a lot of hits for that. I guess people are searching either cheapest soap or free totally. shipping because other, other than the letter mail, I can't do free shipping because yeah. 
my products are like 10 to 15 dollars and then the shipping is at least 12 yeah. to go anywhere if it's more than letter mail which it can just fit through the slot but with your stuff I guess it can just be free shipping right yeah that's the thing I do have free shipping in Canada with um standard ship like just regular letter I ship letter mail for free for sure um and then yeah um tracking I I I think that people should have to pay for their shipping they can then they can see where where the costs are um okay like they, they know like some people think that you should incorporate the shipping a little bit into your product cost mm-hmm. um but i i say like like as a shopper myself i'd rather see where my shipping is and like mm-hmm. see the product value but i totally get like having a lower value product and then the shipping is the same or more. Yeah. And yeah. And people are a bit difficult. hesitant, like, well, I'm paying $12 for shipping, $10 for the bar of soap. Yeah. Um, so you do two options, basically? Like, yeah, I have, okay. um, well, I have three options, like the expedited and then just regular tracking and then the free. That's like top to bottom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, I do ship internationally, but. Um, like U.S. and then international is different. Yeah. That one I'm still working on, international is, yeah. is crazy. The shipping costs? Yeah, yeah. And I can't imagine what it would be like for anyone who has larger items. Yeah, a little bit heavier. Or, uh-huh. I know. Shipping is a thing. Because more people want to shop online, but they don't They don't expect the shipping to be mm-hmm. so much. And yeah, on my website, <laughs> I know, it just keeps going up and up, too. Um, on my website, I have over $50 gets free shipping. Yeah, that's a good Which idea. is good. People have been d- doing that, and then it does cut into the cost of the bars, but as long as it's more than wholesale price, then it seems to be working out. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting more um, more hits on my online shop, but you're just focused on one place, right? Yeah, yeah, I did have a website, and then I switched over to Etsy full-time. Yeah. I was just finding, like, I don't know, just as a startup business, paying that fee for the website was just yeah, not worth it, because I wasn't getting any sales. Yeah. Like, I wasn't really directing my traffic well, and didn't yeah. want to spend that energy, I guess, in, mm-hmm. that, in, in the computer world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And stuff. So I, yeah. Having the people on Etsy shopping for gifts, just I think, just really works out with jewelry, mm-hmm. like the, the item. And people can look at the jewelry and decide whether they like it or not, versus with mine, people like to smell it, they like to yes. feel it, yeah. you know, put it on their skin if it's a salve or something, so. Exactly. And there's a lot, I mean, I guess there's a lot of jewelry, but it's all very unique, and some sometimes the soaps are very different, but mm. more or less, like, I don't know, I'm trying to have that different angle of shampoo bar. People yeah. are getting more into the shampoo bars. Some people who bought the sample size are, like, getting the bigger size, so... It's getting better. I'm getting more and more sales in that regard. But do you do anything on Facebook? Like, isn't I don't really understand the Facebook shopping page. Like, I don't, you can I don't do. Is it Shopify? I think I guess Shopify is in, included in it. But with Facebook, you can like have products on there mm-hmm. and tag. I've never gotten like a sale from. I don't think. No, I haven't really explored that. I'm yeah. actually kind of leaving the Facebook world. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What, yeah? You're just done with it? 
I watched, yeah, I watched a kids movie and it was about internet and, you know, it just made me change my perspective on... What kids movie? Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph 2, you guys, check it out. <laughs> what is what is it about? Well, it's about the It's internet? about, like, these old arcade game characters and they're in an arcade and the internet gets plugged in and it's just all this, you just get to see from, I don't know, kids movies have this way of, like, making fun of what we're doing with life. Yeah. And it just made me feel like, what a, what a crazy thing we're doing. Just like, just compare. I call it compare book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because maybe that's what I do, but. No, everyone does yeah. that. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. You're always comparing of like, oh, they get to go to Mexico. What am it's I doing wrong that instinct, I can't go? I yeah, because everyone's posting the best and wonderful parts of their life. And they're not posting like this is my cubicle I work in <laughs> like yeah. like 11 we like 11 months out of the year like 11 and a half months out of the year and then but we just see them you know on holiday and yeah yeah exactly. it's easy for me to get caught up in that too like because sometimes I post when things go wrong but it's also uh you get a certain reaction with that too i don't know it's a weird it's a weird world yeah to yeah. be and then i also half heard they like their algorithms are based off of like uh well obviously they need interaction but that's um based off of like arguments like a, they find uh a lot of people will get on there and like you know in a comment thread that that's like how facebook makes their money off of people like arguing mm. so like to me that's just like crazy yeah yeah, and all the data and the, as soon as you um, click on some sort of website, it will show up in your ads on Facebook. It's yeah. something called Pixel. They have really, really poor, like, privacy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's... That's its own I, cause I Yeah, because I learned a bit about Pixel from this social media guru guy that... Um, I had one one free session with, and uh, basically, and that was almost two years ago, so it's probably updated more, but you can see, put this thing on your website that tracks who's looking at your stuff, and if they don't buy anything, or even if they do buy something, it will connect right to their Facebook page. So an ad from Barefoot Daughter would go right to their page, even if they've just visited or clicked on wow, something. Yeah. Or, and then it can, like, see who's seeing your stuff and, like, what can it do? Copy all of their likes and see who else has the similar likes and advertise to them. And it's, yeah, it's this whole... Wow. So yeah. anyone can have that on their website? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's, that's a lot crazy. with the cookies. So there's getting, like, that permission, like, oh. we use cookies, and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess and tracking you. yeah it's kind of tracking all your likes and hobbies and 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 having ads towards those things so yeah. Uh, yeah I've been doing a lot of online marketing just like for the book and yeah and for uh and for the business but it's really easy to get caught up in it there was Last weekend, two weekends ago, 
I went over my data by like so much and they had to cut me after $50. They were like, we legally have to cut you off from your really? data. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, how did this happen? Um, but that weekend it was such a relief. Like my anxiety went down. Uh, I could just be in the moment, you know, and I was at a festival and I was like, okay, I can't just check my email all the time and I can't go and pick this up or I, I don't know. There's so many things that it's just an automatic check Instagram, check Facebook, check right. all your messages and the dopamine hits. And, and as soon as I was back online, um, I got this like anxiety, like, Oh, what have I missed? And what am I, what am I behind on? And yeah, it's, uh, it's exhausting as soon as you wake up and crazy how attached we are to our phones. Yeah, I know. So do you, so moving away from Facebook, will you still be on Instagram? Oh, or? yeah, I, I do. Yeah, Instagram um, is still a touchy ground because it's obviously still comparing and showing the best of what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but always, for as I'm, a business, it's hard I, to get away. I always love photography. Yeah. That's what I got accepted into Emily Carr for. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> for me, it's really hard to not be on that, like, photo, like, yeah. Platform. Yeah. And I do struggle to post for the business, but um, yeah, I've started just posting when I feel like it and just doing it. Sometimes yeah. I sit there and I think about it for too long. And, right. And um, like forever, like, like <laughs> and then sometimes I won't even post it. Right. So I've started like, just like, okay, do it. Just do it. Just share what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you have a lot of, you have a, uh, um, physical or like you know beautiful appealing thing that you're doing that you can take photos of really easily I guess yeah yeah um what so you've you've been doing it for so long and and you have has it been like your full-time gig or you've been doing like farm work and the and the market it has been my full-time gig for I want to say two years yeah. Kind of since I got really interested on Etsy, involved with Etsy and started seeing that I could do online sales as well and not just rely on the market summer. Yeah. Because um, then that's year round. Yeah. And then I do have stores as well, which I've had one since the very beginning. Um Len Democratic Purveyors of Fine Art and Beautiful Things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're in Hamilton, Ontario. They used to be in Toronto, and, um, yeah, I think I've been with them since, like, 2014 or 2015, like, since really early on, which was a blessing, because they've been amazing for me, like, just little income, but also just that motivation to keep going, like, having these stores that want your product, and just to you know, when you feel like maybe you're not inspired or not motivated to work on the business, like for the market, but like then someone else actually needs it and you've got to fill that order. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then you might see some beads over there that look like, like a nice combination and, oh, I should make that for the market. And then things, one thing leads to the next and it really brings inspiration, I think for me. Yeah, it's definitely good to have other people, yeah, the demand, if <laughs> the demand is there. Yeah, I don't have very many stores, I just have four, and that's been good. 
It's, yeah. It's a little hard to keep, like, I can't imagine doing any more, like, right now. Because I do yeah. bi-monthly stock-ups, so I'll do every two months, I send the next two months, like, birthstones, and a little bit, you know, just oh yeah to keep it fresh. Yeah. Uh, like, automatically, or you just check in with them, or? I automatically send it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. Usually they're asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so the birthstones, so you'll be like, okay, hit, June man. and July, yeah. <laughs> well, birthday, like, for gifts, I yeah. guess that's, like, your main market is gifts. That was a huge discovery for me, actually, was yeah. the birthstones, clueing huh. into how many people would buy that for someone else yeah. as a gift. Yeah, because it has that little extra, people want the story behind the thing, and so they can talk. Yeah, birthstone is pretty, like, straightforward instead of, this is to clear all that negative energy of yours, or, like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay. Yeah. June. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And then, so, Darling Gems for You, where did the name come from? (laughs) I... You know, it was, like, before I even started the market, before I even, like, put myself out there, the name, I don't know, I was actually playing around with some little seed beads in my bedroom at, like, my parents' house. Seed beads? Yeah, like, tiny little, um, they're, like, what you would weave, like, those big earrings out of, like, oh, little yeah. tiny beads. Uh-huh. I was playing with them on my floor, and I was, like, trying to, re- like, rearrange, trying out different names, I guess, for my business, and I, like rearranged them into darling for some reason and it was like okay that feels really good I love lace I love things that are darling and dainty and I don't really want it just to be my name yeah so that was kind of like the toss like the like toss up between my name or this other name and it was kind of obvious to me yeah I like that and then gems for you got added on it was supposed to be just darling and then gems for you I was just like Okay, I need to have something that I can have, like, a name stand out on the website, and, like, not everyone's, like, darling is, is more of just a describing word, and um, just so I could have, like, a URL and things like... Yeah, darling.com probably have, isn't. Like, a full name. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and that's also with the gift niche, the dar- darling gems for you. Yeah. It's a nice, like, gift, and sweet and yeah it goes along with the whole branding of the of the goods so um what are some things you've learned along the way like where's were there any like really hard times where you're like I have to make this decision what am I gonna do and like learning from those highs and lows Mm, lots yeah (laughs) so many highs and lows oh man it's always a wave there's always waves um off-island vending is definitely something that I flung myself into and then realized it wasn't, like, totally lucrative or um, going to be, like, this huge show that I thought, like, you know, sometimes checking things out beforehand. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm a very, like, all-in-it kind of gal. So I'm like, okay, sign me up for all these things. I did and, the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not making my table fee or, like, mm-hmm. not selling one thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, realizing the venue is really not what I need to be in, you know? Yeah. Maybe more of a flea market 
or, you know, like just not really doing the research, mm. I think. Yeah, because you get all excited to be like, oh, they accepted me. But then you have to think, like, do I accept them? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Is this the right market for me? Like, just because I filled out an application and they're like, oh, great news. Someone just dropped out in your area, in, you know, and like another soap person dropped out. So you get in and it's really hard to get in and you're all just happy to be in it. But then it costs so much and the travel, the ferry. I mean, I just usually sleep in my van, but any sort of hotel, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that. You have to sell so many units to cover just base travel expenses. Yeah. So you gave those a go and I did. Yeah. Um, for a couple like winter times. Um, and then I just brought it all back to the Island and realized there's a lot of people here looking for gifts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Do you do art craft or winter craft? Yeah, I do both. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Really great. Um, it always gets me though. The night before that it's due, I've, I don't know, it's early in the season and I have this freak out like every time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God, Wintercraft is due. And the, I, the application? No, no, like the stock. Oh, the stock, yeah. Because it's so much stock right yeah, up front. I feel like that too. Yeah. And then you have to lot. label with that special label and then mm. like you have everything all together. It's not just like a store where it's like a little bit. It's like a full setup. Yeah, it's like your little, like a mini market booth. So. Yeah, for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And it just gets me every time. But uh, It's definitely its own little, like, work thing. Like, I have to go in every week and I check what's sold. and. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. I mean, it's nice to have it ongoing in the background, but um, yeah, it just always gets me. The <laughs> uh, I'm, Right now I'm having an issue of uh, fulfilling all the orders because I was so caught up with the book. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, right, I still have a soap business <laughs> that I need to fulfill and I'm behind. And I was just feeling like uh, I actually had a really a freak out at the last Saturday market. I, uh, I was in a bad mood and then I, I just had this like and I was really wedged in between two people, two other vendors, and I just had these th- thoughts of like, "You failed! You failed!" Like it was just this horrible, yeah, feeling of just being so behind, and like having to go to Nature Works and be like, "Here you go! It's like a month late." Like, uh, anyway, it's totally. fine. I'm feeling better now. I totally but... understand that. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like can be so stressful when, yeah, like it's just overwhelming. Yeah, and then also. Um, What's that? It's like a, there's a word for it, um, something monster. And it's in, like, oh. there's a disorder for it. And it's like, um, I f- monkey brain or something like that? It's like where you're always like, you can't be successful and like, uh, oh, imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like that's a real thing at the market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's so many, like, vendors, so many vendors, and so many really people have been there for years. And, you have to have that confidence to like bring people into your booth to be like out out of everyone out of these like I don't even know how many vendors hundred yeah really I don't know either yeah it's crazy like come shoot spend your time here spend your money here yeah I'm better than that soap maker or whatever yeah. 
Um, before we wrap up, is there a piece of advice you would give yourself starting out? Um, oh yeah. Stop caring so much, like, about what people think, but also just sometimes you don't need to care so much. Like, you can just let it go and, um... Yeah, it works for everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, I find even when I'm uh, making jewelry, sometimes I care, like, way too much, overwhelmingly too much about, like, matching a pair of stones. And then if I just relax, they come easier. Like, they'll come together. And it's just, yeah, I think just, and not caring about what people think so much, which I, I, for me, is the imposter syndrome again. It's Mm. like... Yeah. Yeah. Not caring whether they think it's too much or too little or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sticking to your roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been doing it since you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, um, yeah, good luck with the farm and getting that going and, and the rest yeah. of your jewelry. Where So where can we find Darling Gems for you? Uh, you can find me on Etsy, Darling Gems for You, and the market, of course. Um, I actually get to have a, a spot there all summer in the same spot, which is pretty lucky. Um, so I'm across uh, from Bean Drinking. At right the on the side. water. Right on the water, yeah. So that's my spot there. And then, yeah, you'll find me on Instagram as well, Darling Gems for You. And... Not on Facebook. Not on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add before we... No, just thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Some takeaways. Number one, take things one step at a time. Whenever I get overwhelmed, which is often, I find, um, I just think back to what a friend told me when I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get this done. There's so much to do and I don't have much time and I have to get this ingredient and it's running late. My friend just said, you know, one batch at a time, which is true. It's You can look at the, the bigger chaos of it all or just think like, well, this needs to be done right now. And sometimes when I'm lying in bed and a list goes over and over in my head of all the things I need to do, I just like, well, I can't do any of them right now. Right now is time to sleep. So... Just trying to bring yourself back to the moment and go one step at a time. Number two, what were you drawn to as a kid? Can you incorporate that into your business? Number three, start small. Sell to your friends and family and see their reactions. There's nothing worse than buying, you know, a thousand units of uh, something that of tins that don't actually work or the people say like it leaks or there's so many things that can happen uh putting and as a small business you need to start small don't get caught up in buying in bulk when you're saving 10 cents per unit but in the end you waste eight hundred dollars number four seo label your product uh, to be found etsy can be literally a drop in an ocean of things. And so people want to search for exactly what you're doing and that's where you can do it. You can say, you know, try to be as unique as possible. 
Number five, listen to your customers. So they are telling you things of why they're buying it, what they're looking for. Strike up a conversation because it's kind of awkward if you're both standing there in silence at at your booth. But you want to know where they're coming from, um, who's buying your things, who they're buying it for. Then you can cater a lot of your your items to that. Number six, have different levels for shipping, which is a really good idea. You can incorporate shipping into your products to an extent, but I like the idea of having different options. So you can do letter mail would be ideal if you can fit your things thin enough and light enough to get in the mail and people don't, then it's only $1.80 and you can incorporate that cost into your item for sure. And people love free shipping. But if they want it tracked or if they want it faster, then they'll have to pay, you know, $10, $12, $15. So you, you can have it as an option for them and they would really uh, appreciate that. Number seven, only have an online shop if you are directing your customers to your website, whether that's through other social media ways like blogs, lead, ma- lead magnets, newsletters, um, Google SEO, which I don't really know much about the Google SEO, but everything you post out there should be direct, not everything, but um, all your sales pitchy things should be directing your customers to your website or to your Etsy page. If you want to just focus on one thing, which is a good idea, choose one or the other. I have both just because I spread myself too thin. Number eight, do you want to be on Facebook? Just a very interesting question. It's so easy to get lost in Facebook. And a lot of people are choosing Instagram or Twitter, I guess. I never got into Twitter. But do the social media thing that you do naturally. Because, for example, I would love to be on Pinterest, but I never go on Pinterest. So I would just be a, a stagnant um, profile which is no good. But for me, I'm I'm involved in a lot of Facebook groups and commenting and posting and so and I have a big kind of personal following on Facebook, so I'm sticking with Instagram and Facebook and then directing them back to my website. Number 9. Pixel, P I X E L. Terrifying but necessary? Check it out. Number 10. Automatic refills for your stores. Now, this is a nice idea because I'm pretty bad at following up on stores. Um, I'm just about to send out an email to my wholesalers because I'm going away for two months and I need them to put an order in now versus later. But um, if you could get a setup where you're sending stock every one or two months automatically, you'll know for your year how much you're sending out. They love the consistency. It doesn't have to be like phone, like calling on the phone when you don't feel like it. You just have an automatic deadline of like, okay, 15th of the month, I'm sending out this stock, which is, yeah, a really good idea. Anything automatic is a good idea. 11. If you're stuck naming your business, maybe you could take the physical thing to tune into it. Like Sarah made uh, the word darling out of those little, little beads, which is a really neat idea. It's like, the business itself kind of telling you what it wants to be named. Like when families um, name their baby from like a dream that they had or in the womb or something like that. It's very salt spring. But yeah, tune into it. 
And number 12, take a name that sticks out. See if the URL is taken. Um, you know, darling.com darling would be a popular one. Um, but Darling Gems for You is was obviously available. Tell people your name. Uh, bring it up in all sorts of conversations before you actually finalize it. Because you don't really know the response that you may get. You may be answering questions that are annoying and you'll get that question every single day, you know, one in 50 customers or something will uh, ask you, oh, like the Zodiac sign? And you're like, no, actually like this scientific uh, discovery from the 1950s. And so, yeah, you want something clear and you want to do some market research before you really finalize that name and get business cards and logos and yeah, I've been through it three times. So 13 off Island vending may not be for you. <laughs> Consider the travel costs and target market of it before signing up just because you are accepted. Doesn't mean you have to accept them. Number 14 imposter syndrome is a thing. Sometimes we all have that voice in our heads of you're not good enough. What are you doing? Who are you to do this? But just remember that to stand outside yourself a little bit and be like, whoa, that's a very critical voice. I don't think I like that voice. And to work through it. Number 15, stop caring so much. So Darling Gems for You can be found on Etsy and also Instagram. I'll have links in the show notes. And you can find Sarah at uh, the Waterfront Vendors on Saturday uh, in front of Bean Drinkin' and on Salt Spring Island, and soon at the Tuesday Market with veggies from her farm. The show is sponsored by my company, Barefoot Daughter, so please order online and buy the book. Why not? You've been hearing about it for nine months. Join the Facebook group, Make It, Bake It, Grow It, so you can discuss the episode and get notified of craft fair applications. Uh, always subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, or tell your entrepreneurial friends to tune in. Word of mouth is always the best way to share things. This podcast is produced by me and hosted by the Gulf Islands Community Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Ali Coy, and until the first Thursday of the month, keep making, baking, and growing it.